All right, so we are, anybody excited about spring break? Some of you have already taken off, apparently, and thought spring break was this week and didn't show up tonight. But for the rest of you guys, excited about spring break, maybe you're going to the beach, maybe you're hanging out with grandma and seeing her up in her cabin in the woods or something, or going to her house. Uh, Maybe you're not doing anything and you're excited about it because you don't have to go to school, right? Is that any of you? And some of you don't have spring break next week because you are still in school, and so we pity you, but we love you. So at any rate, next week we are not going to be here. It's spring break. So not only is this the last week uh, before spring break, but it's also the last week of our series we've been in called Fine, Fine Life. All right? I know. It's so sad. And so if you guys are new to, uh, to Reckless, maybe first time here or first time back in a while, we are, have been studying as part of this series, studying through Ephesians chapter 1. All right, and we've been looking in that particular chapter, some things that God gives us that makes this life, and, and what he wants to do is for us to experience the greatest life imaginable. Now tonight, what we're going to talk about as we finish this series is something that I believe might be the greatest gift that God gives us. I mean, of all the things that God makes available to us, I think it's this thing, and, and maybe I'm just speaking personally, that means so much. It's such an incredible thing. And it can be the major key, the major difference between experiencing this incredible life that God has for us or experiencing a very frustrating life. Now, as we start off tonight, I want to toss a question out to you, all right? I want you to just think about this, so don't respond, don't yell stuff at me, all right? But I want you to think about this question. What's the greatest display of power that you have ever seen? Now just think about that for a minute. Kind of an odd question, but what is the greatest display of power that you've seen? It may be something that you experience firsthand yourself. It may be something that you witnessed, that you saw take place. But what is something that it caused you to take a step back and go, man, I'm, I'm really, really small. Or there are things that are so much more powerful, more incredible than me that exist. Now, while you're thinking about your really cool, awesome story, I've got two of them for you, all right? So the first one that, that immediately popped into my head when I was thinking about this question happened in, when I was in high school, all right? So I think I had just finished my senior year, so technically I was out of high school, but we had our student ministry went to, on a weekend trip to Virginia Beach, all right? It was like three or four hours away, and so we went to the beach often. This was just kind of like a little weekend getaway, and so a bunch of us went, and so on the night that we got to Virginia Beach, and we were there in the place we were staying And there was this massive storm that came in, all right? Thunder, lightning, like the wind, the whole deal, all right? Major thunderstorm that came through the area and we heard it and we, you know, uh, we felt it and everything from from, uh, inside. And so thunderstorm hit, next day we get up and it's a bright sunny day. Wind's blowing a little bit and so we head to the beach. Well, the the storm the night before has really got the, the ocean working up. All right, so it is, I don't know you know what that means, working up. Has got the ocean worked up. How about that? So waves are crazier than I think I've ever seen waves at the ocean. All right, this is not like Gulf, Gulf of Mexico and it's like, oh, look, you know, there's a, like a little ripple. This is like 
you know, Atlantic Ocean, waves are pretty good, but then this major storm has made it probably 10 times better. And so we're hanging out at the beach and we're throwing Frisbee football, whatever. Then we're kind of getting in the ocean. And so we're watching kind of the waves off, you know, a little bit in the distance and they're pretty crazy. And so I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm going to go out here and, and ride one of these waves. And so I kind of, you know, wade out a little bit. Now, I had been to the beach a handful of times before, but I wasn't smart enough in that moment to realize and understand that there's a very important thing that needs to happen if you are going to like battle waves a little bit. All right. What do you do when the wave's about to hit? (laughs) Apparently you guys need to be educated on this too. So when the wave's about to hit, you dive under it, right? You kind of dive into the base of this wave before it hits you. Otherwise it will mess you up. So these aren't the little tiny waves that you can just kind of jump over, you know, that are like right on the edge of the, of the beach. These are like at least twice the size of me. All right. I mean, these are crazy waves. So I'm just hanging out. And I'm like, man, watch this, guys. I'm going to ride this wave. And so I just stand there and wait for it. And it messes me up. I mean, before I can even react, I'm sideways, upside down, legs over my head, face buried in the sand. I mean, I don't have a clue who I am or where I am for about three or four seconds. And so finally I get, you know, I get up and I'm, you know, my head's killing me. I think I've got a concussion and I'm coughing up, you know, salt water. And I'm just standing there like, what in the world just happened? And so from in that moment, I realized how powerful the ocean it is, is not to be messed with. And when waves are coming at you that are twice your size, you better dive underneath it or you better get the heck out of the way. Now, the other story that I remember is um, that, uh, that I thought of initially is when I was in college. So some buddies and I had gone, to, um, had gone skiing one winter. And so we were just on our way back. I had this 1988 Jeep Cherokee, all right, that was my car, and it was a piece of crap, but it was mine, so I liked it. And so we we took my car a couple hours away to go skiing, and so we came back, and I just dropped my friend off at his house. And so I'm pulling out of his little neighborhood area or whatever onto the main road, and I'm accelerating and going maybe 25 or 30 miles an hour. And as I'm just kind of accelerating, I look out of the corner of my eye and I see this car that's starting to pull into the road. And before I can even react, this car doesn't see me and runs into the back part of my car. And in a split second, the car is spun sideways and it is now flipping through the air. And it is the most surreal moment of my life where I'm sitting there holding onto the steering wheel and there are wind, every window is shattering around me. There's stuff that's in the car that's flying up in the air and out the window. I'm watching the windshield in front of me shatter. I'm hearing the sound of metal scraping against the pavement. I mean, and I am just sitting there holding on for dear life and probably screaming like a little girl. And so after four or five times of, of it flipping, finally it stops and it lands upright. And I'm shaking like crazy. And I'm just like, what in the world just happened? And I'm like, ah, you know, and, um, and some guys come running over. Hey, are you all right? And so I look down at me and stuff is, you know, out of the car. Windows are busted and I don't have a scratch on me. 
like not one scratch. And one guy comes up, hey man, are you all right? And he's like, man, I looked out the window of my business and I saw, just saw this car flying through the air flipping. And I thought somebody is dying right now. And it was one of those moments that in just a split second, I realized how quickly not only your car can flip, but how powerful moments like that that are way bigger than me. Now, maybe you guys have thought of a, of a story that may be similar to that, maybe much different than that, but a story that has reminded us of how small we are. All right, maybe one of those situations or those moments that helped us realize that there are things that are much more powerful than we are. Now, for every follower of Jesus, there is something that is much more powerful that is necessary in order for us to live out the commands that God gives us. I mean, have, have you thought about some of the commands that God gives us, some of the instructions that the Bible lays out? And it's pretty difficult. It's almost impossible. And it is impossible when we think about it. And there is a power that is needed that's much bigger than us in order for us to live that out. And the great news is that in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul tells us that that's exactly what is given to us. Now, if you guys have your Bibles, I want you to open to Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to finish up tonight in verse 19 and 20. Here's what Paul says. He says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now, Paul makes a pretty bold statement here. He makes a statement that almost sounds too good to be true. He tells us that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to us. What? Like, think about that for just a minute. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to us. How is that even possible? Because if this is, if this is true, like, this is an incredible promise from God. That you and I, if we are followers of Jesus, have the same power available to us that raise Jesus from the dead. Now, not only is this true, but here's what I want us to understand. First of all, this power is first on display at the same moment for every follower of Jesus. All right, it is first on display the very first time that we experience this moment, this God's power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead happens in the same moment for you if you're a follower of Jesus as it does for me, as it does for any of the rest of us. What do you think that is? All right. Any other guesses? What's that, what's that moment? What's the first moment that we experience that power? Come on, say it with confidence. The minute we accepted it in our heart. Nailed it. All right. She was nervous. She wasn't sure if that was right, but she nailed it. <laughs> or she was just nervous about saying it. Right. That is it. That's the, that's the moment 
that for any of us are followers of Jesus, that's the first moment that we experience this power. We experience the power of God when we put our faith and trust in Jesus as Savior. See, Paul says that God's power was on display when Jesus rose from the dead. And only God can make someone alive who was dead. If you and I belong to Jesus, that's exactly what God does to us. You may say, what what do you mean by that? Here's, Here's what this means. The Bible says that before you and I knew Jesus, spiritually we were dead. All right, our hearts were cold and lifeless. We may have been, we walk around every day. Physically we're alive, our physical heart is beating, but spiritually we are dead in our sins. All right, and because we're dead in our sins, we can't honor God, we can't follow God, we can't love God like he wants us to. In a lot of ways, it's like we're, we're kind of zombies walking around. But when you and I reach that moment where we put our faith and trust in Jesus as Savior, God raises us to life. All right, now that's what, that's what symbolizes when we, when we watch baptism take place. That's symbolic of what happens to us when we're saved. That that old life is gone, right? That life is dead and now we're raised to new life. Like God breathes life into our hearts, into our lives spiritually and he wakes us up. And now you and I are alive. And in that moment, when God does that, because only God can wake something up, only God can make something that's dead alive. So when in that moment... God's power is on display. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead physically. Now, that may be the first moment that we experience God's power, but it's not the last moment. At least hopefully it's not the last moment. There are other moments. What happens when we put our faith and trust in Jesus as Savior? Not only are we now alive, but now that power is now constant in our lives because God lives in us through the Holy Spirit. So God not only breathes life into us and wakes us up, but now God lives inside of us through the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, when God lives in us, we have that power available to us. See, Jesus made that promise to the disciples right before he went back into heaven in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So if we have the Holy Spirit in us, then that means we have that power available to us. And it's not available to us in some moments or in parts when when things get really, really difficult. But every single moment of every day, we walk around with that power inside of us. Here's what Paul says in Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. He says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. See, Paul didn't say, look, God worked in you one time a long time ago when you were little. God didn't say, hey, he might work in you in the future. No, it's a constant thing. God is working in you. God is always working in you, giving you the desire, the want to, to live the way that God's called you to live. 
but also give you the power to actually do it. What good is it for you and I to have the desire to love God if we don't have the power to do it? And some days it feels like we don't have the power to do any of it, doesn't it? And so Paul's saying, not only do you have the desire, but you also have the power to do it. Now, I got to think, this has got to create a little bit of tension right now. Maybe there's some of us that we're hearing this and we're going, like, that's not true of my life. All right, the power to love God, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, like that's available to me in every moment, in every situation, that supernatural power that I should live every day experiencing. Yeah, but I don't see that. Like there's what we hear about, but then for some of us, maybe there's what we're actually experiencing and we're wondering why doesn't that happen in my life? So instead of spreading the gospel, we feel stuck in our same sin that we can't seem to get out of. We're struggling to overcome the things in our life that we know shouldn't be there. And rather than being a part of God's miraculous work, there's some days that we really struggle just to find a shred of evidence that God's power is in us. I mean, why is it that we don't see that happening? I mean, if anything, maybe for some of us, we see a lack of God's power, not proof of it. Why is it so different than what we see and what we feel and experience? Here's why I think this is for for almost all of us, including myself sometimes. We fail to experience God's power in our life because so often we're trying to live in our own power. It's not that God does it for us and provides it for us because we just read that it is available to us. So that, that power is available to us, so why don't we experience it It's because so often we don't depend on it. We try to do things in our own strength, in our own power. I mean, you think, pick whatever struggle it is that you face. How often do you depend on God's strength to overcome it? Like I know, as I think about struggles in my life, so often, especially growing up, it was like, man, I just gotta, I gotta try harder. And I got, I got to do a better job next time. Man, I, I didn't really give 100% of my effort. And this time is going to be different because I'm going to, I'm going to work that much harder to make sure that I do this. And so much of our mindset is about us trying to manufacture this power on our own. We're trying to be the ones to come up with this power to live the way that God wants us to live. And the reason why we get so frustrated is because we can never accomplish this stuff on our own. One of the main central themes of the Bible is that we can't do it ourselves. All right? The moment you ever think that you can live out any command that God gives you on your own without God's help, you've forgotten how desperately you need God's power. And if you think about the story of the Bible, the whole Old Testament is about God giving us these rules and these commands 
and telling us what to do and us knowing what we're supposed to do, but then us screwing the whole thing up. And then we try again and we mess it up and God forgives us. And then we try it again and we mess it up. And it's this constant thing. And then Jesus enters the scene and he's got these men that follow him and they're idiots. And then, you know, they're trying to do the same thing that Jesus is doing and they're messing the whole thing up. And he's like, no, guys, no, that's not how you do it. And then he dies on the cross and then rises from the dead and then goes back to heaven and says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And all of a sudden things change. The Holy Spirit enters the scene and now these idiots that couldn't do anything right for Jesus now are healing people and spreading the word of God all over the place and people are giving their lives to Jesus and the church is expanding in rapid form. And it wasn't because the disciples all of a sudden tried a little bit harder. It's because the Holy Spirit entered the scene and gave them the power to live out what they couldn't live out on their own. No matter how good your intentions are, they're not good enough to live out the commands that God gives you. No matter how much you try, they're not enough for you on your own to live out these commands that God gives you. And sometimes we think, all right, well then maybe there's some kind of combination here. It's like my effort and then God's power. It's like 50% my effort and then 50% God's power. And you put it together and then there's what I need to make this whole thing work. But you know what? The only combination that we need that will actually make any of this work is our total surrender and God's 100% power. That's the only thing that we can that we can use in order to be able to accomplish what God has for us. Now, let me give you an example. <clears throat> all right, let's say, hey, feats of strength, all right? You ever seen those guys like rip phone books and stuff like that? You ever seen that? All right, pretty amazing. So what if I was like, all right, feats of strength, guys, I'm gonna show you something really cool. Watch me lift this box right here with $3 in it. You ready? Ah, oh, feel, the, feel the burn. Feel the burn. Ooh. You guys are impressed by that, right? All right, what if, I, what if I lift this table? Here we go. Oh. How strong am I? All right. What about this piano back here? Somebody call the paramedics. Hold on, let me get a better grip. Let me try harder. All right, I'm not as strong as I thought I was. How many of you guys are impressed with me? Thank you. You're all lying right now. Now look, here's kind of what we do sometimes, all right? We treat the commands of God sometimes, we kind of have them in, in, we kind of label them, all right? Some are a little bit more easy for us to live out. They don't require quite as much effort, all right? And you think about maybe some of those struggles that other people may have, but that you don't have, all right? And you're like, really, you struggle with that? Like, that's so easy. I could do that in my sleep, right? 
And so it's like lifting this box. It's, we don't feel like, all right, this command, yeah, I can, I can do that. I can live that out. It's not that big of a deal. And so we feel like we've got the power to do that. Then there's some that may be a little bit more difficult, a little bit heavier. You know, maybe we have to stretch out a little bit first. But we feel like, you know what, I, if, I, if I really try my hardest, like I can, I can do that. I can accomplish that. But then for all of us, we have those commands of God that we look at, like lifting that piano. And we go, it doesn't matter how strong I feel like I am. That thing is not going anywhere. There is no way that I can carry out that command that God has for me. And I'm sure for all of us, we can, we can think of those commands and we go, God, that's so impossible. And as long as we feel like there are certain things that we can accomplish, we'll never really depend on God's strength. I don't, God, I can, I can lift this myself. I can accomplish this myself. It's only when we get into those moments where we're like, all right, this is way too big for me. Like I've tried and I've messed the whole thing up. All right, God, you're gonna have to help me with this thing. This piano in my life is way too big. And if I'm gonna able to lift this thing and overcome this, you're gonna have to help me. Here's what I think the perspective needs to happen and what, what I feel like the Bible's very clear on. Every command that God gives us is like lifting that piano. There may be some days that it may feel easier than other days. But every command that we're able to live out and accomplish that God gives us is only because the Holy Spirit gives us the power to do it. So if I'm patient with my family eight times out of ten, that means there's two times that I'm not. So that means, do I have this whole patience thing down? Nope. It means I need the Holy Spirit's power every day to be able to live out what he calls me to be as patient. If I'm going to control my tongue and watch the things that I say to other people, and I do a pretty good job to those people that treat me nice, but then, man, I, I will let those people have it that I don't really like that much. Do we really control our tongue? Come on, let's be a little mature here. Right? It takes, it takes everything that's inside of us meaning the Holy Spirit that is in us, for us to live out those commands that God gives us. And what I think God wants us to do is to treat every command and go, man, God, if I'm gonna control the words that I speak, God, if I'm gonna be patient with people, God, if I'm gonna love people like you love people, God, if I'm gonna be able to serve others and not be so self-centered and not always think about myself, God, if I'm gonna not struggle with looking at that on the internet, God, if I'm gonna not struggle with going to that party or whatever the case may be. God, I'm looking at every single thing that you want me to do as impossible unless you give me the strength to do it. Then all of a sudden we find ourselves surrendering our life to who Jesus is. God, there's no way that I can pat myself on the back and think that I've got this. And why would I think that I've got this when the same power that raised Jesus from the dead 
lives in me and gives me everything I need to accomplish everything that God calls me to. God does not call us to things that we can actually do ourselves. He calls us to things that are only possible with his power. And I think right now in my life, there are, there are things that, that God is working in my heart on. There are things that, struggles that I face that I'm saying, God, I have desperately need your strength and your power to overcome this. God, I've tried it on my own and I fall far short. God, if I'm going to love you and serve you like you want, I'm going to need your help. God, if I'm going to honor you and love other people, I'm going to need your help. God, if, if I'm going to be the pastor that you've called me to be, if I'm going to be the husband that you've called me to be, if I'm going to be the father that you've called me to be, God, you've got to give me the strength and the power. I'm surrendering to you and I'm asking you to live through me. And when we do that, we unlock the greatest amount of power that exists. And rather than living the frustrated Christian life, we start living this powerful Christian life that finds ourselves overcoming the things that we used to never be able to overcome and live out the commands that we always looked at and said, this is impossible. Not because of us, but because God is living it through us. And I I don't know about you guys, but I want to live a life in such a way that other people look and go, man, there is no way that he could do that. That they only see a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power. And not so that people are impressed with me or whatever. That shouldn't be the motivation for any of us. But so that God is put on display and made known. So that we're able to point and go, it's not me. Because I try and I fail. It's God that gives me the power to live out what he's called me to live out. What about you guys? And do you want to live a life of radical power? Do you want to experience God's power on display in your everyday life? It doesn't come with trying harder. It comes with surrendering and allowing God to empower you to live the way he's called us to live. Let's pray together. God, because I've seen this so much to be true in my own life, God, I'm looking at this as one of the greatest, if not the greatest thing that you do for us. God, I'm so amazed by your love, so grateful for your grace that you've forgiven me when I didn't deserve it. But God, the fact that I can go every single day looking at these commands that you give us as impossible on my own, but completely possible because your spirit lives inside of me. God, I pray for students who are in the room that just feel frustrated and burnt out and God, almost looking at their everyday life and just seeing a lack of your power. God, I pray that we would stop trying so hard on our own and we would learn to surrender and depend on your strength and your power to live out who you've called us to be 
and to overcome those things that the world is constantly throwing at us to try to get us off track. God, I pray if there are students in the room tonight who have never experienced that first moment of power when you open their eyes to see and you breathe life into them and they've never put their faith and trust in you, God, I pray tonight that they would do that. God, I pray that they would call out to you, that they would confess their sins, that they would admit their need for you and they would ask for your forgiveness that you made possible through the cross. God, help us to live this life dependent on your power. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.